Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, halflings. It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today as usual by... Leander Nati Lewis Nyawo, but everybody calls me Unati. And... Jeremy Cobb, but Daniel Rice calls me Cobble Cobble. Cobble, cobble. Feel good. <laughs> cobble, cobble. Turkey time, also, cobble, cobble. And also scary. I, yeah, a little bit. Like the idea of a turkey, Jeremy, is is like a little alarming. <laughs> yeah, like that running no. towards me. There's exactly definitely going to be an enemy in Wagadu at some point. Who yeah, is, turkey Jeremy. There's <laughs> just some African turkey. We had it. I just forgot we had the turkey in the Christmas. Oh special. yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's, I think that's why I was thinking. That's that where the PTSD where came from. Because as soon as you made that noise, I was like, eh, oh, what's, that, yeah. "What's that feeling inside of me?" Something's and no wrong. No one outside of America, I feel like, knows. Well, maybe some Europeans do, but I don't think you have turkeys in the UK, do you? Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragons. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. Um, cool, so before we dig into this week's episode, we have some new patrons to thank. Oh yeah. yeah. Um so we have three new patrons this week. We have Kelsey, uh, then my agent, guys. My agent is a patron. Uh so big yeah. shout out to Carried on Associates uh for supporting the show. Uh much that love. Makes me laugh so much. I love it. We it's so good. A company. It's, so good. it's literally listed as a company among our patrons. Yeah. Like, I, I, I remember seeing that just like we have a corporation as a patron yeah <laughs> wow. um and then 13 stone runner Ooh. uh mm. which sounds pretty epic um yeah. so thank you so much for your continued supports so halflings uh this week we are looking at uh some classes we thought we would do some deep dives onto how some classes work from both a sort of technical kind of min maxi point of view and from a role-playing point of view so uh this week we thought we would start with uh well where everyone starts or seems to start rogues okay well should we i guess the it would be best to kind of list some of the features the basic features yeah. for the rogue, just so you guys know. Um, so the rogue, it is primarily a martial class. Um, it gets a D8 for its hit die, meaning that uh, depending on whether you roll for XP or you use like the average XP, you're drawing from a D8, which is like a decent size, but smaller than most of the other martial classes like fighter or paladin or ranger or barbarian, but uh, all of which get either D10s or D12s. Uh, the rogue... Let's see, at level one, uh, you also, you are proficient in light armor, 
You're proficient with simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short bows. Excuse me, short swords. You have a proficiency in thieves' tools. Your saving throws are dexterity and intelligence. And then you get a whole, you get to choose four skills from a list of acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. Which is, I think, more than any other. I think, yeah, that is more than any other class. Yeah, I don't one. think anyone else gets. Well, I think uh, that's the point. They're 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 honed um, and and very skillful fighters. So yeah, yeah, it makes, to, yeah, it makes exactly. Sense that they get. They're meant to be good at stuff that's just not that's not just fighting. Yeah, essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, also at level one, you get expertise, which allows you to double your skill proficiency for two of your skills. The only other class that gets that, I think, is the bard and they don't get it till like level three i think yeah, level two or level three it's very good to start out with yeah. very yeah. very useful because you can start getting some beefy rolls at the beginning of the game yeah, uh, yeah. and i feel Ooh. like at the beginning when you're like level one if you're rolling above like 17 like you're probably gonna like succeed like you've got a mean dm if you're failing on a 17 yeah. at like yeah, level, at one. level one <laughs> unless you're trying to do something really outlandish yeah unless you're trying to do something ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, also at level one you get what is essentially the rogue's foundational ability which is sneak attack yeah. uh oh, yeah. once and this is something yes. we should explain this because this is a mm. real point of confusion for a lot of people how sneak attack actually works so i'll read you the actual text uh, beginning at first level, you know how to strike subtly and exploit a foe's distraction. Once per turn, you can deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature you hit with an attack if you have advantage on the attack roll. The attack must use a finesse or a ranged weapon. Essentially something that uses dexterity. Uh, yes. That's what that means. You do not need an advantage on the attack roll if another enemy of the target is within five feet of it and that enemy is not incapacitated and you don't have disadvantage on the attack roll. So basically, if one of your friends is next to the enemy and the friend is conscious and not incapacitated and you're not, you don't already have disadvantage on this roll, you can sneak attack. Yes. Uh, and the amount of dam extra damage increases as you gain levels in this class. Essentially, every other level you gain an additional d6, maxing out, I think, at 10d6 at level 19. Uh, so you could be slinging 10d6 so with an attack. Uh, so however, there's this is a, a loophole that is is official rule that most people do not realize. Most people think that a rogue can only sneak attack once per round. The language says once per turn, which means you can sneak attack as a reaction. As long as it huh. is not your turn, you can sneak attack. So you can you can sneak attack on your turn, and then if a person tries to run away from you, and you have the conditions necessary to sneak attack that person, you can sneak attack him again. Whoa! Uh, there's also I think is... a I think yeah. there's a, a battle master fighter ability where you can like tell your allies to attack again. I think as a reaction. Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. could use it there too. Yeah. Wow, that's so, very good to know. A max this, of this, twice per round, essentially. Yeah, this actually gives me, this actually reminds me of one of the things, one of the big pieces of advice, uh, which I've suddenly, I've started to realize, and I realized it after I played a mastermind rogue, actually, for the first time, which is use the help action. People, yeah. if you are a cleric or a bard or a druid or something, maybe you don't have a lot of spells left um, because you've used a lot of them. Maybe you have sort of, you've got a pretty useful bonus action, like a healing word or something like that, which you can use, but you're a bit stuck on what to do. Uh, 
for your main action, if you can justify a reason um, to give the help action to your rogue, you can give them advantage, which means you can give you can give that person, that rogue, not only advantage to hit, but then also their sneak attack damage, regardless of what situation the enemy's in. And that will make a huge difference. And that could like that could turn the tide. Yeah. Like if you're like around a level six or seven, that rogue's getting what like a extra three or four, three or four d6. d6 of damage like that's a that's a big chunk of change do you know what i mean plus they've got advantage so they've got a you know a decent chance to crit as well um so it's it's well worth considering if you don't have anything major that you can do on your turn find a way like find something inventive that, that, that you can do like throw a rock at the enemy distract them whatever <laughs> it is you know uh, come up with some shenanigans yeah. uh, uh you know and just be like to your dm like i'm giving the help action yeah. and i mean on a technical level i think as long as you don't come up with something ludicrous there's not much the dm can say yeah because like it's just a part of the rules that you can give the help action as an action so like <laughs> you can just say i'm helping mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm helping yeah yeah absolutely i think there's Mm. i can't remember what subclass it is i don't remember if it's a rogue subclass or if it's something else where you can help as a bonus action as well well, the rogue the rogue mastermind this is why this is why i sort of thought about it is because the rogue mastermind as their bonus action can give the help action which is so useful because if you're if you're attacking at range, you don't you don't want to use your two weapon fighting. You don't need to use your two weapon fighting. Whatever you can give advantage to someone else, or you can give them disadvantage. You know, you can, there's a lot of different things you can do with it. Um, so yeah, give help action, folks. If you because uh, also you got to think about it on a on a, a pure hit point, uh, a pure dice basis, which is if that you can only do a maximum of like one d four or one d six of damage, and your rogue can do three d six of damage on a hit, then it just action economy works so much better if that rogue hits than you hit. Yeah. Uh, also at level one, you get Thieves Cant, which yeah. I have almost never seen used. But which really look, that's really campaign dependent. It's campaign yes. dependent. Yeah, because yes. it's not bad. It's just like most of the time I never see. Like you, yeah, I guess yeah, you're yeah. just not around a bunch of thieves in most of the campaigns that I, I either run or play in. <laughs> but, but it like, could be useful. Yeah, like if you find because it's also because Thieves Cant is a spoken language, but also a written language of, of symbols, right? So like you don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to be surrounded by a bunch of thieves. You can just litter it in your world, and your rogue is the only one who can decipher it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like, I think people should use it more because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you, Nati, on this one. It's really, really fun. And not only that, like, it gives you the option, I always think, to like, wheedle out people. Like, yeah. you know, like, I always think, like, throw some thieves can't out whilst you're stood in the middle of the bar and then ask the DM if you spot anyone reacting. Yeah. To like, what you've said. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because then you're going to know, like, ah, oh, okay, mm-hmm. there's a there's potentially an ally I or, or whoever we're looking for. Do you know what I mean? I see <laughs> you. Let's play this game. Yeah. Um, uh, to ex- explain, because we didn't exactly say what Thieves Cant is, oh, yeah. basically, it's a it, you, it allows you to basically insert a bunch of code words into your conversation to convey a message to somebody who else who knows it. It takes four times longer to convey such a message. But essentially, it's like if I'm, it's like if I was encoding a message right now into what I was saying and only the people who spoke thieves can't could understand it it would explain why i talk for so long uh yes. and there's, also, there's also me and jeremy are just talking in thieves can't the whole time yes it's why we uh, ramble so much we're communicating to sleeper cell agents around the globe um there, the podcast is a front guys yes there's also uh at level and that's all at level one which by the way is why so many people like to multi-class into rogue because that mm. gives you good stuff yeah at yeah, level yeah, one yeah, 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 yeah. uh and then at level two i think you gain the ability to really play the rogue 
the way it's mechanically meant to be played in most cases, which is at level two, you get cunning action, which allows you to take the dash, disengage, or hide action as a bonus action. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and that's where we get into the crux of the, the rogue is not really built to stand and slug it out with somebody. No. You don't have the armor for it. You don't have the yeah. health for it. Yeah. You, you run in, you stab them, you, you run bonus out. action disengage, and you run and you away. you get out. Yeah. Um, or if you're a swashbuckler, you, as we'll find out, you just run in, stab them, and then you can just run away and hide. And do whatever the hell you want, yeah. basically, <laughs> if you're a swashbuckler. It just doesn't matter. Uh, or if you're a lot of ranged rogues, you hide, pop out, shoot them, shoot. and then hide again. Yeah. And hide again. Yeah. yeah. And giving yourself uh, advantage. It's, after that, you gain the archetype and... Uh, oh, the next... I think the last two big abilities because most people don't play to higher levels and i won't go through everything that you get but mm-hmm. at level five you get uncanny dodge which is oh, a great, great ability remember uncanny dodge people the amount of times i as a dm have to remind my rogues that they have uncanny dodge it's so you just get to half a damage yeah. mm-hmm. like if you if it like if you know the big boss is going to hit you this round just whatever the dm says just like yep uncanny dodge just half the damage yep. just half it's it. when it, it'll yeah, save it's, your life it's when an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack you can use your reaction to cut that damage in half against it's you. It's so crazy. It's really good. And then at level seven, the other really annoying oh. thing that DMs are like, yep. you gotta be kidding me. Basically, yep. it gives, uh, when you are subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity saving throw to only take half damage, fireball, for example, you instead take no damage if you succeed on the saving throw and only oh, half weapons. damage if you fail. Yeah. Yeah. You basically resist all dex save spells yeah. or effects and like, actually if, effects. and if you're a rogue you've probably got i you know a plus two minimum maybe a plus you know three or four uh you're probably gonna Ooh, say to a deck save I, you're proficient at oh level, no that's what i mean just straight decks so as in uh, for a actual saving throw oh, even yeah, higher yeah. Yeah. do you know what i mean so you've got like a, a solidly i reckon an over 50 percent chance of just taking no damage from any kind of aoe effect like that requires decks like it's it's crazy it's yeah. so crazy Rogues also get six ability score improvements. Thought that I would throw that out there. Not every class gets that many. They get them at huh. uh, fourth level, eighth level, tenth level, twelfth level, sixteenth level, and nineteenth level, where you can either uh, increase an abil- uh, y- your ability scores or choose a feat. You get that nice. six times. And there are some very good feats as well, which I think we'll, we'll definitely get into, but there's some very, very useful feat- feats mechanically as well. To interpret all of that, rogues are supposed to be dexterous. Um... If you are playing a low dexterity rogue, that's fine if you're trying to do it from like a, a role play perspective, but it's important to know that you will be mechanically hurt, like making your character worse. Yeah. So like in terms of trying to do things, they will just be bad at things compared to like what they would normally be good at. Maybe they would be bad at like combat. If you want to build somebody who's just bad at combat, just be aware <laughs> that that's what the rogue runs on. The single most important ability score for a, a rogue mechanically, at least the way the class is built, is dexterity. Yes. So Absolutely. as far as races go, if you're not using the optional Tasha's rules, anything, any race that gives you a plus two boost to dexterity is going to be a good race yeah. to play with yeah. a rogue. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. it's my little tabaxis. <laughs> yeah. Tabaxis. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You get a climbing speed with a tabaxi as yeah, well, which is yeah. really good. Yeah. Starting with a climbing speed. You're a sneaky cat. It's great. <laughs> Such a sneaky little cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jasper, did you have some races that you wanted to throw out? 
I did have some races I wanted to throw out. So um, the I quite liked the Deep Gnome um, just mm. because uh, the stone camouflage. Basically, if you're playing in any kind of like urban and or like mountainous setting, you get advantage on stealth uh, stealth rolls. Mm. Uh, 120 feet of dark vision could be super helpful for a rogue. Uh, you do get it's only a plus one to dex, but I figure if you put the your whatever you you roll in a decent category, like you know you can just put your highest one. Um, still pretty pretty useful. Mm. Um, and uh and yeah also like under common like i know it sounds uh, like they get under common as like a standard language like i always yeah, tend to do. find if you're dealing with shady peoples uh, as a rogue then usually you'll come across under common and it's always something <laughs> that i go people to constantly show up in shady stuff yeah literally so like i'm like everyone be speaking under common it seems in most campaigns i play in and i'm like oh man i really should have damn i should have taken under common for <laughs> a bit of deep no <laughs> um Uh, and then if i'm not mistaken they are and they're small right which means they can move yes uh, you can move through opponents that are Uh, you can move through allies uh i think i think there's it's maybe the light foot halfling that can move through opponents ah sure but but i think uh i think all you can all small creatures can move through a medium-sized uh uh ally through their space Um, and then I had one more, uh, sort of really big one, which I kind of just found today when I was doing a bit of research, which is uh, Aracocra. That is so well built for a rogue. It is kind of outrageous. If you want to uh, play a snipey rogue <laughs> that is just going to uh, like get yourself that sharpshooter feet and uh, get yourself some distance oh, away from your broken. target, I don't know how you would take that Aracocra. As a DM, that is my nightmare. Like that makes At me low feel levels, anxious. it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> At high levels, thankfully, you can start being like Earthbind uh, or a dragon. They brought a dragon, sure, right? yeah. or your party has gotten has gotten a lot of notoriety. Uh, so now people have started like packing like a lot of ranged attacks. <laughs> Just could be blasting. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, even so, like a flying speed of fifty feet. Like that's seriously especially quick. with a rogue. You that's know, the crazy so... thing with a rogue, you can dash as a bonus action and as an action and fly a hundred and fifty feet in yeah. a single in a single turn. Yeah, yeah. But even even you it's could go nuts. in attack and clear a hundred feet. You could get a hundred feet away <laughs> from your target. Like <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. That's so yeah. insane. It's. Um, truly redonkulous. So yeah. Plus, uh, plus also then obviously you get a uh, plus two uh, to your decks, which is great, which is exactly what you want. Um, so, and again, and a plus one to wisdom, which is very good yeah. for the rogue. I think you'll yeah. find, depending on the subclass you pick, the secondary abilities for the rogue are either going to be a wisdom, intelligence, or charisma. Yeah. Yeah, that's why sometimes like a tiefling be fun or a changeling be yes. fun. Changelings. I mean, changelings. A changeling, if you're playing like a charisma based rogue, a changeling is an absolute nightmare. Like like an assassin or something. Like that's that's just a joke. Yeah, if, yeah. if you're playing an assassin, then a changeling is the obvious one to go for. I almost, I, I don't feel like I see it that often. And I feel like it's partly because people feel like it's almost a bit unfair. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like I'd go to make one and be like, this feels like a little too broken because I can effectively wander into mostly anywhere with if I have a if I have a decent enough deception yeah. at most levels I'm going to be able to go wherever I want pretty much undetected yeah. 
And then if I attack uh, out of the blue and get surprised, I'm critting. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, woof. Yeah. yeah. For effect, tieflings are fun if you want to go full dark and broody. All the way dark yeah. and broody. Just give them horns yeah. and a tail. <laughs> I feel like uh, they work really, yeah, they work really well for like a charisma-based rogue. Uh, and also just like the characterization. Um, I really wanted to throw this out because uh, this, is, this is in tandem with the uh, roguish archetype that I will be um, talking about later, uh, which is the Reborn. Um, one of the UAs, uh, because we've been talking about loads recently, so it's been in my mind, but ability score increases, you get to choose, so that's super helpful. Um, uh, so you can do that plus two to decks, and then you can obviously put the one uh, somewhere else. Um, but then you also get, uh, you get obviously your dark, you get dark vision, uh, you get, uh, advantage, I do believe, on death saving throws, uh, which as a low hit point rogue is probably going to be quite useful because you're likely to go down on occasion. Um, you don't need to breathe. Uh, could be useful if you're trying to sneak up on things yeah, like yeah. swimming, um, place, things like that. You don't need to sleep. Magic can't put you to sleep. You only need to spend four hours inactive in a motionless state, which means you're unlikely to get snuck up on then as well um, if you're sort of dealing in those circles. And then this, I thought, was actually really, really useful for a rogue, which is the uh, knowledge of the past life uh, feature, which allows you to add the D6 uh, to a check. And I thought, actually, um, and I think you get that equal to... Yes, yeah, so you get to use that equal to your proficiency. So if you're uh anywhere mid-level you're getting three or four uses of this um and basically you can give yourself like a bardic inspiration die but i'm talking like if you've got a big deception or a big stealth roll to make that d6 could really come in handy yeah um and i just think and also you know hey again if you want to go dark and broody if you want to go down that route um but like really go down that route i mean what's better than you know you're effectively some sort of I mean, I quite like the idea of maybe making them a bit ghosty, um, uh, it, you know, with the with the nature of them. But yeah, I think that would be super helpful. And actually, I just found out this, I think it was last night, the upcoming Strahd book that's getting released, The Ravenloft, yeah. uh, is going to have the Reborn as an official lineage. It's going to be, it's already going to be made official. Oh, yeah. Wow. Woohoo. Very cool. So you'll get to play Very, very cool. I really, really like the reborn. I think it's um, it's it's grown on me as the as the I I think it's my favorite of the three now. Just because mm. I, I yeah I lo I love that knowledge of the past life. I think it's a really useful yeah. feat and a really fun roleplay feat as well. Really, really fun roleplay feat. Mm, it's very cool. Uh, another one I was gonna list some more. The <clears throat> elf, all <clears throat> of the elf varieties yes, all, yes, are very, elves, very good. Yeah. Halflings. A lot of people will tell you halflings are kind of the quintessential rogue, like the light. The, the the light foot halfling in many ways is the quint especially with lucky is so yeah. good where you get to re-roll ones and then it's halfling so nimbleness oh it may actually be all halflings it's not just light foot halflings i think light foot halflings can hide behind other characters but any halfling can run through the space of any character and also ghostwise halflings with their silent speech yeah. can be very useful for infiltrating places and speaking telepathically and of course halflings get the plus two bonus satyr could be fun if you're doing a charisma based rogue they get a plus two to charisma and a plus one to dexterity we already talked about eric Coker being absolutely broken bugbear yep. 
gets a plus yeah. one to dexterity and bugbear get bugbears get an ability where if you st- surprise somebody and you st- you hit them you get an additional 2d6 so it's already kind of in that uh it's called sneaky it's called i think sneaky or surprise attack but they get they they're built to be like sneaky st- sneaking up on people so they all they get additional bonuses to that's, all of that that's a lot of d6 wow, yo yeah so a bugbear assassin for instance that's just if you mm. hit somebody who's surprised you auto crit you're automatically rolling an additional 4d6 into <laughs> whatever it was you were going to roll Jeez. which is wild goblins really good yep goblins. goblins are really really good um kenku especially with their imit their ability to imitate uh, great for infiltration. All of these things that I'm listing get a plus two to dex. Um, kobolds. Shout out to mm. the kobold. They, yeah. Their their pack tactics is absolutely broken when put with a rogue. But because does that give you advantage? If it you're gives you within... advantage. It gives you advantage on the attack if one of your allies is within five feet of the oh, opponent. Okay. So you're going to hit and you're gonna get sneak attack. attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes it incredibly easy to get sneak attack. And it yeah, makes it incredibly that's... easy to hit with sneak attack. That's really helpful. Yeah, um, I had two uh, kind of left field choices, which I would probably recommend, you know, you ask a DM and you uh, use the Tasha's um, uh, like optional features uh, for these. But um, Earth Genasi, purely on the basis that you get uh, the pass without trace uh, spell that you can use once per long rest. That's a plus 10 to stealth. I mean, yeah. that's so friggin' helpful. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and I definitely think you could you could make that work, and also you don't then um, have any issues with difficult terrain, which again, yeah. uh, if you're trying to get there away from something um, in a pinch, then that could be useful. Pass without helpful. trace gives you uh, a plus ten plus to, ten de- to, to stealth. To stealth. Yeah. So you, so, so you <laughs> cannot so be again, seen. You're going to. You're going to disappear. Yeah. Yeah, like, That's so it, broken. It's like with that thing when they're like, oh yeah, your player's like, oh, I rolled like a 30. And you're like, yeah. I mean, I as the DM don't know where you are. Yeah. The, <laughs> in one of the most recent episodes of, of Critical Role, uh, Sam's character rolled like Not... a 43. Because I think, because she had, I uh, she she rolled really high. She gets like a plus 10 and then also get an, it's like a natural plus 10 to stealth and then got an additional plus 10. to stealth. That's so insane. Like, is, That's insane. so insane. Uh, and uh, I so think yeah. also they, I think she was also blessed or something. Um, but yeah, and then I didn't actually mention this earlier, but at level 11, you do get an ability called reliable talent that oh, so basically good. whenever you make an ability check that lets that you with an ability that you are proficient in, like a skill that you are proficient in, you can treat a roll of nine or lower on the d20 as a 10, which <laughs> so means dumb. if you don't want to, you cannot roll below a natural 10 on anything you are proficient in. And if you have expertise in something, like say stealth, and you at <laughs> level and easily you say, a plus ten. By level eleven, you if you're building like with a with a dexterity build, you should probably have maxed dex. Yeah. So that's like a a five. And I think at that at level you get a four as your proficiency bonus. That's five plus eight is thirteen. You cannot roll below a twenty-three on stealth. <laughs> Unless That's you want so to, crazy. starting at level 11. Which <laughs> is absolutely broken. Which is so ridiculous. You're not going to be seen. You're just not going to be seen. Um, uh, the last, um, again, one, you probably have to use the, the optional feature, but uh, Fear Bulk, just because, again, Ooh, they, they have the ability invisible. to disappear. Yeah, they can turn invisible. Um, yeah. Which, uh, despite their size, I think still be hella useful. Like, be really cool. <laughs> plus, plus, also... 
the general perception of Fearbolgs seems to be that they're very trustworthy. So I feel like you could play that as a roleplay thing if you wanted to be, uh, you know, a, a sneaky bit of a, you know, a, a yeah. less kindly Fearbolg. I think you could use that to your advantage. Um, just throw that out there. Yeah. And also, if you're like in like a woodland scenario, you uh, Fearbolgs can talk to animals. Yeah. It's and, like small and animals. And so, like, yeah. maybe you have, like, your little <laughs> animal friends that you, you have, like, you've marshaled to your horses. Uh, yeah. Also, I and wanted to throw be... out the Grung. Also oh, really yeah, the good. Yeah, the yeah, Grung yeah. gets a plus two to dex, but it's the poison skin. Yeah. That really mm. where, it was where it goes nuts. Basically, as a Grung, you can, your skin is toxic, so anyone who touches you, if they're not immune to poison, has to make a, a constitution saving throw. I think it's a DC 12. Um, or they, let's see, poisonous skin, or they become poisoned for one minute. But you can also apply that poison to any piercing weapon as part of an attack with that weapon. So when you hit somebody, and when you hit somebody with a weapon that's poisoned, they have to make a DC 12 con save or take 2d4 poison damage. Now at higher levels, most people are going to make that save, but if they don't, like, every, I mean, yeah. you, if, if, if every single attack you land does it, eventually mm -hmm. they're going to fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's an adult. That's and, and, and as a rogue, like that's kind of your thing. Like your attacks tend to hit because you'll have, uh, you know, you'll have high decks. Mm -hmm. um, you'll then hopefully. an advantage a lot of the time. Uh, so yeah, you're like very likely to hit. And then law of averages that, that they're gonna fail uh, a, a fair amount of the time. Yeah, rogues. I think are, I think it's best to emphasize the way that the class is designed. Rogues are supposed to be a slightly more strate strategic class than say a fighter where a lot of times you can just kind of run in and start swinging. A rogue is supposed to be that whole sneaky, conniving, cunning thing that they really built that into the, the class itself. Yeah. So you, sh you should be able to, with your abilities, hopefully get advantage on a lot of your attacks, like Jasper was saying, and hit a really high percentage of the time, which is important because rogues never get extra attack. In yes. contrast to, I think every other martial class. Yeah, yeah. They and it's never important get extra that's attack. the case because rogues would start to get a little silly. I think if they started yeah. getting extra attacks, because like, if you had poison weapons <laughs> and all sorts, it would get dumb. That's also why multi-classing like rogue into barbarian or rogue into fighter. I know, yeah, I always do rogue. Can fighter. just be really good. <laughs> like, I always do rogue. Fighter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that action yeah. surge. Really useful. <laughs> yeah. Or barbarian, you just go into a rage and you resist the damage and give yourself it. You can reckless attack and give yourself advantage in every attack, and their advantage against you doesn't matter because you've bonus action disengaged and run away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say this as well about the rogue, which I think people often don't think about and might be a useful either roleplay element for you and a mechanical element, which is that you are a hyper mobile class most of the time mm -hmm. with your ability to dash as a bonus action. This also means you could be a pretty good support class uh, or like in East some support elements uh if you've got a downed ally uh you've got you know give your rogue the health potions when you enter a battle because your rogue can get about the field without getting you know uh like they can disengage so that they don't get attacks opportunity uh they can dash like jeremy was saying you can effectively use you know two dashes in a turn if you needed to so you know you're going to be able to clear most battlefields like in a turn as a rogue um so there's a lot of useful things uh you know uh, like a lot of useful elements like that uh, i'm actually going to touch you... on that later with the class Ooh. the subclass that i'm going to talk about in this episode so that's yeah. element why don't we go ahead and talk about our uh our subclasses then our, our, our roguish archetypes Ooh, okay. um maybe maybe you do you want to like 
do you want to tell us about which one you've picked out as one of your faves? Um, one of my faves is Assassin. Ooh, yeah. Just because Assassin's... I mean, it's in the name, right? <laughs> it's in... like, what book like, is that? What, where where oh, can um, folks find this particular uh, You can rogue? find um, this archetype in the player's handbook. Um, mm, so it is, one... it's the original, it's one of the original rogues that were published in yeah. fifth edition. Yeah. Um, it's a classic because you find it all over literature and media and, you know, the assassin, right? <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's really kind of my favorite. And with the abilities, it's really great. Um, what are some of those abilities? Yeah. So you get bonus proficiencies at around like uh, third level. Um, and you can get the, first of all, you get the disguises kit and the poisonous kit, which, you know, for an assassin is useful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'd be like, if you were like a changeling assassin, that would also be crazy because why would yeah. you even need a disguise kit anymore? Especially with their <laughs> uh, higher level abilities, yeah. like uh, the, the assassin gets, it's like, that, that's, that's a match made in heaven. Or hell, it's, depending it's, on yeah, whether yeah. you're the DM. But poison is so underused, though. I just want to like point this out because there is literally like a um, there is a uh, poison you can get which looks it, it looks and smells exactly the same as a healing potion, but does something like four or five d six of poison damage on a. And then if you fail your con save, you take like an extra like two d six for every like ten minutes or something that you basically aren't healed. It's like so like and like poisons like this are like all over the place. There's even worse ones that you can do. So if you have a poisonous kit, use it. Yeah, like <laughs> use yeah. find out some of these poisons and use them because damn, you could really mess someone up. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. mess someone up. I always forget about yeah. that. Um yeah. so at third level, um essentially it's about like getting the drop on your enemies. So if you get if you get that sneak attack in, um you're you kind of become like uber uber deadly. Um you get your and that's the ability you get assassinate at third level. Um and Is that, you, it turns everything into a crit if you hit? Uh pretty when you're when, pretty, when they're much. surprised. Yeah, I'll if read they're it. Surprised, uh, starting yeah. at third level, you are at your deadliest when you get the drop on your enemies. You have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn in combat yet. In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a crit. I mean, like <laughs> it's where that bugbear comes it's in. Really yeah. it's, it's where that bug bear comes in. Yeah. Oh my word, yeah. If you're... That's so much. Yeah. Is that an extra two D six you get for the bugbear? Yeah. And if you crit, then it's an extra four D six. Bro, so a level 46. nineteen bugbear can be tossing up twenty four D six. That's insane. Uh... That's oh wait, insane. but it's even worse because I I forgot they have higher level us assassins have higher level abilities. It's still it's absolutely yeah. preposterous. Yeah, yeah. it's um, kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which brings me to my next uh one. So because you're like an assassin, obviously you need to infiltrate things loads, right? Like you need to get um past guards unnoticed or go through into that cool party. Yeah, into that cool party or you know like get through the military barracks unrecognized. Um, so you get you get at ninth level you get infiltration expertise um where you can unfailingly create false identities for yourself um which takes um either you spent you spent well no you spend seven days and 25 gp to establish their history profession affiliations for the identity um you can't establish an identity that belongs to someone else it has to be a completely new identity um and yeah that's kind of wild 
Um, you can keep using this identity as a disguise. Um, other creatures believe you to be that person until given an obvious reason not to. That's, that's why. I mean, even really comes. And, yeah, that's. <laughs> that, I mean, that's ridiculous. Would you? I, I ridiculous. might waive a lot of that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. changelings have that ability to create yeah. other personas anyway, don't they? Yeah, they already like, like that's kind of like intrinsically built in. I might so, waive the cost at that point because it's yeah. like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you, you spending on makeup? Exactly. <laughs> like, I, you don't really kind of need that, and that can be fun for role play. Um, and, and 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 I suppose like when you're picking your race, then you kind of have to. Look, when I sort of pick a race for um, uh, a rogue, or I'm building a rogue. Even though on D and D Beyond, you or even though you only get these things a bit later, I always consider what I'm going to do about the archetype. Archetype, even if I'm playing from level one, just because otherwise problems. Mm. Where like you're mm. like, oh, I was playing this kind of rogue the whole time, but actually yeah. I'm yes. a bit more talky in my yeah. role play. Yeah, it makes a big difference actually, especially because if you're going to like again, if you start pumping loads into like wisdom or something, and then you pick like arcane trickster or something like that, then you want to you want to be that intelligence early. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Oh yeah, I have like a, I have a nine intelligence. Okay, that's not gonna, that's gonna be so great. <laughs> then at level thirteen, you get imposter. You gain the ability to unerringly mimic another person's speech, writing, and behavior. You must spend at least three hours studying these three components of the person's behavior, listening to speech, examining handwriting, and observing mannerisms. Your ruse is indiscernible to the casual observer. If a wary creature suspects something is amiss, you have advantage on any charisma deception check you make to avoid detection. What do you mean? (laughs) It's basically like Like the actor feat. Yeah, it's like, yeah, a, you're it's like so... a free version. It takes a little longer, but it's very similar to the actor feat. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 then you couple that with infiltration expert though expertise, and you kind of go, well, I feel like as a DM, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna need this this rogue to do something super chaotic, otherwise, I can't feasibly say any of these NPCs are gonna notice. Yeah, that you're yeah. like, because that's just like you're gonna need to be really sticking out or like somewhere you really shouldn't be yeah. or something, because otherwise, there's just no reason. There's app is written into the rules of the thing. It's like you unfailingly, <laughs> like, like it's literally yeah. when you start throwing away that, that around that kind of word, it's like, well, okay, well... there's not much I can do here. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine a changeling rogue who just straight kills people and replaces them. Because mm. you can literally turn into that, that person. person. Yeah, undetectable. Yeah. Would never if be you, found. If, <laughs> if you interact with them for three hours, at least and three hours, you can then just take them out or even just watch them for three hours. <laughs> you can then take them out. Like, imagine it's a preacher or like a priest. You go to a church service. The dude talks for a long time. That's it. That's it. Done. Like, should have closed <laughs> sooner, bud. Yeah. <laughs> because once he hits that three hours that's it you could just kill the you just kill them and replace them that is yeah yeah, that's that's redonk pretty pretty wild and then finally my favorite although i've never gotten this far yet i hope to one day is death strike at level 17 you become a master of instant death what does that even mean when you attack, as opposed to slow death, I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's the way of the long death in the monk. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was just there like must really be also a short death. death. Yeah, a quick death, <laughs> a quickened death. Um, when you attack and hit a creature that is surprised, it must make a constitu- constitution saving throw DC eight plus your dex modifier and your proficiency bonus. On a failed save, double the damage of your attack against the creature. What is that? So that's so that's basically like a double crit because yeah. you're already critting if you're an assassin. Yeah. So yeah. if they're surprised. What is that? So 
that bug at level man. 17 your proficiency as well is then going to be hold on i'm trying you're, to work out roughly level what that be i think it's going to be six six plus yeah. six so you're looking at 14 plus you've probably got max now by this point so you're looking at a dc 19 yeah realistically a dc 19 maybe 18 to not get a to get double critted which is going to be like a, just so many d6 and feels that's so gonna be, great to roll that's gonna be that, wait hold on that's gonna be i think it's gonna be no. 9 d6 at that level for a regular sneak attack which gets doubled so then to a 18. crit 18 but then you're doubling the damage yeah so that you double so you, you roll 18, 18 d6, d6 and then double the damage from that oh my goodness and that's if you don't have, yeah, that's then if you don't have any other features, you know, special weapons, items, poisons. That's on average, I think, 108 things. damage. And that's not counting the damage kill. from the weapon. And that's if you're not a bugbear. Because the bugbear is another 46 <laughs> on top of that. Yeah. I'm really riding this bugbear. Bug bear. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm with you. It. I'm so with you. Yeah. Um, what? Okay, this is, this is what's even more wild, though. Say you're the Arakokra, right? You could then be you could then be just like two hundred feet away yeah. from your target you have sharp and shooter. do a hundred points of damage. And that's just like, I just realized if you have sharpshooter, the ten gets doubled. Yeah, it's yeah, double yeah. the so damage, just, not double the damage dice. Yeah, so you yeah. take a, a minus five to hit and you'd get a plus twenty to the damage. <laughs> it's so broken. And at level seventeen, you should be hit you should be getting like a plus ten or eleven to hit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you, if you're hitting from like 200 and feet away, advantage. you have advantage on this attack because they're, they're not going to know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> so you just snipe somebody, and that's it. You might have just, as a DM, you might just have to sort of like just be like, yeah, a, a, a full long range sniper rifle appears in your hand. And then it's the you poison, just, like the poison damage gets doubled too. If you then, have, yeah, the... that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, so if you no. dip the arrow in some poison, yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yep. Yep, it's a fun time. It's a monstrous. fun time. One day, that one day I will get to Absolutely monstrous. Track. Absolutely ridiculous. Ooh. Assassin is really, really, really good. I think as a multi-class option. Uh, I've seen mm. it doubled. T- actually, two notable examples. One, an example from a, a guest character on NADPOD, played by Brennan Lee Mulligan, was. Uh, I won't say names because Jasper is listening to the show, so I won't spoil who it is. Thank but you. the essentially this character was multi-classed assassin rogue plus another high damage subclass of a different class and absolutely man i think his first initiative role was a 30 and and it was just i i didn't actually listen to this but i i think my friend listened to it and she said that murph was saying that like it was he just completely crushed the encounters like these were supposed to be really hard encounters mm-hmm. and this dude just comes in here and just and that's it i'm just like yeah. wow uh awesome. i think and the other think, example you is the... uh oh, no, sorry, you oh, the other example is played by ali beardsley in a crown of candy mm-hmm. i will also not spoil what happened there and what that multi-class was with but the assassin rogue did work did some work mm in that in that campaign really? i've got to be honest Yonati, you've really like uh, uh sold me this because i think actually what the assassin subclass gives you is a really nice blend between hardcore and very effective like numbers based 
you know, output. You know, you can really carry your own in a party. But plus, with some really, really fun roleplay yeah, options. Yeah, so like some many really fun, fun roleplay play options. options. You can, like, yeah. past level nine, you are having a ball. Great time. <laughs> You were having a ball, like <laughs> great. Time. If you've got enough time to prepare, never give your players time to prepare, guys. Never give your players <laughs> time. To that's, that's what I will say. I that would be my criticism of why I've never wanted to really play this class that much is because mm. it's all hinging on surprise, and you don't normally get surprise in most encounters. I feel like your and most D and D games I've been a part of, the party is more likely to be surprised than the enemies are. Sometimes you get the drop on them. Sometimes you do, sure. and when you get that. The assassin is unstoppable. But if you compared to some of the other rogues, I think the assassin is very, very situational. So if you have if you have mm. a campaign that allows a large amount of RP and a large amount of like intrigue and base so that you can just sneak in places and get the drop on people and stuff, yeah. the assassin is an absolute juggernaut. Yeah. But I don't know, a dungeon crawl, you might have no. a harder time. Yeah. Or if it's like you're up against the big bad guy. And they know you're coming. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. How, how does tell me this actually, Jeremy? Because I'm not sure. How would surprise work? Like, as in, if the enemy know is in combat, but like they don't know that you're there, doesn't matter. Would they uh, surprise? No, you cannot surprise is, is, someone is, when they're if they're in all, combat. Yeah, you have right, to. Essentially, okay. you have to surprise as a condition. So a lot of people will do it because I think in past editions of D and D, you could get like a surprise round. And some people still do that. That is not part of the official rules for 5th edition. So you can do it, but it's not in the rules. The rules are that if a person is surprised, I believe that they cannot take actions or reactions while they are surprised. Right. But uh, I think after that round, let me see here. I'm going to look it up, actually, so we can find the exact language uh, so that I don't mislead anybody. But I know so they that they effectively is... get a bonus action. So you still roll initiative as Let's you would see. normally do. They get like here a bonus we go. action. Of effort, yeah. The... The GM determines who might be surprised. Uh, if neither side tries to be stealthy, they automatically notice each other. Otherwise, the GM compares the dex, the stealth checks of anyone hiding with the passive perception score of each creature on the opposing side. Any character or monster that doesn't notice a threat is surprised at the start of, in, of the encounter. If you're surprised, you can't move or take an action on your first turn of the combat, and you can't take a reaction until that turn ends. A member of a group can be surprised even if the other members aren't. So what that essentially means is it has to be in the first round of combat and mm -hmm. it's it's not a surprise round necessarily against every other person but it could be if they're all surprised like if you surprise the entire group of bandits now it's like well you guys just get to pile on your attacks for a round but nice. essentially it just means you're just like huh and just getting <laughs> lit up <laughs> by a bunch of people getting boromir okay. yeah absolutely <laughs> or sunny corleone just <laughs> in fact that's a great example of a, of a character who was surprised yeah, surprise. yes. godfather <laughs> watch that scene great example of what happens to a character who's surprised <laughs> uh mine is another subclass that can be found in the player's handbook and it is in fact the name that the rogue used to be known by as i understand it in previous editions like earliest editions of the game the rogue was actually called the thief ah. the thief at level three uh, gets an ability called fast hands which means that you can use a bonus action uh your the bonus action granted by your cunning action to make a sleight of hand check Use your thieves' tools to disarm a trap or open a lock, or take the use an object action. 
And that's where I was going to get to the support aspect of this. I had not, uh, I have not really used, uh, the sleight of hand thing is useful if you're in a campaign that, that counts ability checks as actions, because that's what the rules are. But I, most of the campaigns that I've played in, and in fact, the ones I run usually will either just let you do them, like let you make ability checks, or they'll make you use like a bonus action. They don't usually count it as a full action. Uh, yeah. but if, if you're in a campaign that would count as a full action, absolutely. But here's the thing. Almost every campaign I've ever played with counts using a potion as an action. Yes. And sure. this, this, this fellow gains the ability to use that as a bonus action, either on themselves or on a fallen ally, which I have done on several occasions. In fact, I remember one fight in particular in which two allies had gone down and I just ran in double fisting these potions and we're just like <laughs> pouring them down unconscious people's throats like here we go gotta bring people back up i'm out here being a cleric exactly. <laughs> <I'm out clericking. laughs> uh, and and that can and even if it's like oh no i got hurt i can hand you a po- or you got hurt i can hand you a potion or i got hurt i can down a potion and then stab this guy yeah. like yeah, it's, yeah, that's it's very helpful worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. In a pinch, and I would, I would actually, as as a DM, I think I would probably rule that you could do more environmental stuff as well. Like I'd probably say, like, yeah, hell yeah, you can, you know, um, I don't know, un uh, unhinge the big chandelier above the thing as a bonus action or Slide something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like untie something or yeah. cut something or do you know what I mean? Like more environmental things like that could be super useful um, as a yeah as a bonus action. hundred percent. You also get at level three second story work, which gives you. A climbing speed, essentially. Uh, Climbing no longer costs you extra movement. And in addition, when you make a running jump, the distance you cover increases by a number of feet equal to your dex modifier, which is really good. It's really, really good. Especially if you have like a a strong dex score early on, you can start like even if you're using standard array. But if you have something that gives you a plus two, you can start out, I think, with like a, a plus three or four. I think a plus four to dex and just you're hopping an additional four feet into the air or or across. Yeah. That's quite a distance. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then those are basically, Oh, and the, here's the, 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 the climbing ability is again, a little iffy that's situational because I know some DMS who like always demand athletics checks to climb things. Mm -hmm. Sure. Which is not, technically what the rules say the rules i mean you can do it that way but the rules i think are supposed to suggest that you should perhaps call for an athletics check if it's like something hard Mm. but Mm. it's usually not that hard to climb a ladder 
for instance, yes, or like, yeah, it's yeah, not would, that yeah, crazy yeah. hard to climb a tree. And the problem with the athletics check is that rogues don't usually have great strength scores. Yeah. So they're usually not going to be great at athletics, which means that this ability is absolutely useless. Although some games and some DMs will rule that having a climbing speed essentially negates the need to... Uh, and by the way, to clarify, most characters, when they climb, their speed is halved. They're walking, they can climb at a distance equal to half their walking speed unless they have a climbing speed. So most characters can only climb about 15 feet. Uh, whereas you, can, uh, you thief, can climb maybe 30 feet, depending on what uh, race you're playing. Mm, but if, yeah, or tabaxi, you can, you can either use the tabaxi's natural ability that lets it climb 20 feet, or you can go a full 30. Uh, and they also have feline agility, which means you can like double your speed, right? Yes. So you just you can double whoop, your speed in a turn, climb up and then full sixty feet. As, yeah. Bonus action dash. Which... Climb up another sixty feet. Action. Yeah. Action dash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and an action dash. You have just climbed hundred and eighty feet in six that's seconds. Which a, I saw. That's <laughs> it's the, it's the of... speed of a bike. Uh, somebody riding yeah, a bike at a decent pace. You're just, ah! just sprinting up a wall. Uh, You're basically neoing up the side of a building. Yeah, if, if, you know, like that's on. what I'm picturing in my head. Just it's up the Sonic the Hedgehog. The it's like a four-legged yeah, yeah. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and th so, if if a DM is willing to not make you roll athletics checks for every single attempt to climb something, a second story work can be very very useful. Especially if it's like, oh, we need to infiltrate this building. Hey, I can climb up. I can be your monkey guy who just climbs up the wall and sneaks in. Uh, so I Also, I would always say there's a case to be made for an acrobatics check. Just ask your DM. Just say, yeah. can I use acrobatics instead? Because I feel like that's yeah. more fair. If you're a dex-based rogue, I just don't know why you would pure Hulk just like doing pull-ups <laughs> to try and it get out. your way. Yeah, yeah, like it just seems makes no sense. You'd use like momentum. You'd swing yeah. like across from one ledge to another. Do you know what I mean? Like I, d I don't see why you wouldn't be able to use acrobatics. Like I would absolutely say acrobatics or athletics, whatever's better for you. That's yeah. how I'd rule it. And because it, I yeah, think that it's like you're an whatever acrobat. style you'd use. Like acrobats yeah. are very, very strong, but they're not they're not like the same kind of strength as like a football player. Like the yeah. muscles are yeah. designed for different things. I feel like mo like a lineman in, in American football would run off of athletics. Yeah. But somebody like a wide receiver or an acrobat would or maybe a tennis player might run off of acrobatics depending well i would i would actually i would argue though that uh even rock climbers yeah you're probably using a lot of like actual dexterity to like get into positions yeah. you know what I mean? because you've got to be incredibly flexible to like pin your legs in certain ways and get into certain holds mm -hmm. and then have the kind of ability to swing and control the swing and i would say the controlling a swing like that that's more that's more acrobatic yeah. to me yeah. I mean, athletic, just ask so... yourself how many how many when you see rock climbers how many of those people look like bodybuilders yeah. The answer yeah, is not none. very many. <laughs> like, literally zero. The rock would not be good at climbing the <laughs> no, rock. No, he is the rock. You climb him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The people who climb the rock, they're not bodybuilders. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man, he's not a bodybuilder. <laughs> he's not a bodybuilder. That's all acrobatics, baby. Yeah. That's all acrobatics. Very good point. Um, then mm. there's Supreme Sneak at level nine, which gives you advantage on a stealth check if you move no more than half your speed on the same turn. Pretty good. Uh, at level yeah. 13, I haven't gotten to use this one yet. Uh, use magic device. You, a, you can basically ignore all class, race, and level requirements on the use of magic items. What? <laughs> yeah. Does that include weapons? If, it, if the weapon does not require attunement, yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. 
any that's magic item really that I think good. any magic item that does not require attunement, you can now just use. So you could use Yeah, there's so many things. And you honestly, could use. even if it does require attunement, you can attune to it. Yeah. You can now attune to it. But I'm thinking more like in a pinch, like, oh, the big bad dropped their magic staff. Well, great. Now I'm just going to pick it up and start casting crazy seven level spells with it. Oh, oh, look, I found this scroll of, I don't know, teleportation. Exactly. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Holy. Yeah, poof. (laughs) That's really good. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like you can, it's like, uh, it, I guess it's like that archetype in movies where it's like, I'm going to hotwire this car. I'm just going to fly this plane. Yeah, I'm just going to figure out how to do all this stuff. Uh, but I guess also it's like, it's the argument is like, if you have a base understanding at a certain level, then things do become then very accessible to you. If you're in and around a magical world and constantly dealing with magical items, you probably do get like a base understanding of like how to activate a magical item. You know, it can't be that different, right? Like, <laughs> on, up, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> finally, uh, finally level 17, you get thieves reflexes. You can take two turns during the first round of any combat. You take your first turn at your normal initiative and your second turn at your initiative minus 10. You can't use this feature when you are surprised. So you could sneak attack three times in a round (laughs) theoretically as this rogue. Jeez. Do you know what I would want to do? Do you know what I genuinely would want to do? Would be like, I'd be like, okay, DM, can I like for my first turn, can I push this this like creature so that just so i can on my second turn dash round as they're still stumbling backwards and stab them again (laughs) (laughs) impale them (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) to give myself advantage on the second attack (laughs) (laughs) that would be amazing that's so good that's so yeah. good. So Thief, it's it's a solid thief. subclass. Yeah. It's yeah. not like it's not unstoppable, but it's very good yeah. in a lot of ways. If you play it real strategically and it's it's all about being resourceful and sneaky and all that stuff. Oh, all that classic. classic rogue Bilbo Baggins stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have actually gone for one that is available in the Tasha's Cauldron uh book yeah. because I love it. I think it is so cool uh and it's probably one of the uh um a roguish archetypes where i think i like i'm like oh that's real like fun and very different uh, i think it gives the rogue a bunch of very uh, unique abilities which i really like so i've gone for phantom um so the phantom is like many rogues walk a fine line between life and death risking their own lives and taking others uh taking the lives of others whilst an adventuring along that line some rogues discover a mystical connection to death itself um i think it's really really fun and so um at level three you get whispers of death uh which is um uh, echoes of those who have died cling to you uh whenever you finish a short or a long rest you can choose one skill or tool um uh, with a, a proficiency that you lack and gain it uh, so basically, you can choose uh, either a short or a long rest to give yourself a proficiency in a, something else. So, like, if you know you're going into a certain, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, a certain uh, encounter, uh, like you've got any kind of forethought for what you're about to do, you can just go ahead and give yourself a proficiency in something that you don't otherwise have, which I think is super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Things like, you know, forgery kits, poisonous kits, uh, anything like, you know, any kits like that, even like forging or like metal you know stuff like that you could just give yourself a proficiency um 
And I think this plays into one of the reasons why I really like the Phantom is that it's such a good role play um, uh, class because effectively you're uh, you you're, you're talking to dead people, <laughs> you're talking to people that you've killed, yeah. um, who are just like, oh, this is how you use a forgery kit, and so you've got like. <laughs> options for like imaginary friends effectively <laughs> who just like hang around with you and like help you out with certain things that you do yeah. and i just think that's really really fun yeah. um yeah you can basically just build um you know like a i'm trying to think who uh what is it six cents you could be the kid oh, from six yeah. cents <laughs> cole is the name, the name of the character cole yeah uh spoilers for six cents i guess uh apologies it's it's, it's an old movie (laughs) when dr octopus took over spider-man's body with superior spider-man and peter parker's Mm. consciousness was still in there like yelling at him there you go (laughs) you now have doc ock just like using just fully stripping peter parker's mind for all his proficiencies (laughs) like oh that's what i mean you can like, you can absolutely yeah that's what i mean you can absolutely do stuff like that and i think it's really i think that's really really fun um i guess it says a um yes it's a skill or tool so the only thing you can't do is you can't gain proficiencies with weapons uh that you don't have proficiency in uh that i think would be really quite broken because cool. you could so i'm now proficient with a great sword yeah, yeah <laughs> like, literally you could just pick up any and i'm gonna do sneak attack damage with this great yeah sword. i don't know how you do that <laughs> uh, just to be clear yeah, that would it be, has to run on deaths yeah, <laughs> it definitely has to yeah. run on deaths <laughs> Uh, so actually, um, I think we didn't say this, but the highest level, there, excuse me, the highest damage item that a rogue can get through normal means is a rapier. Like a, at a base level a is a rapier. Through, yeah, you're slinging D8s yeah. at that but point. But that's a still a single-handed, so you could two-handed as well. You could do two-weapon fighting, I think. Uh, you? you couldn't use the ability two-weapon fighting because that requires both weapons to be light melee weapons. Ah, yes. A lot of people don't understand that either, how two-weapon fighting yeah. works. They're supposed to be light I didn't. melee weapons. Clearly. <laughs> uh, supposed to be, if you attack, if you use the attack action and attack with one white light, excuse me, not a white, well, I mean... <laughs> Oh, well, you know. <laughs> anyway, this is America. So you attack with one light melee weapon yeah. uh, that you're holding in one hand. You can then use your bonus action to attack with another light melee weapon. Uh, and I think both of them have to... Yeah, I think they both have to be light. But uh, So which is like two daggers, for instance. And that's not just a rogue-specific thing. That's like most martial... General, I think most classes get that, in fact. Nice. Uh, so then at level um, level three as well, you also get Whales of the Grave. Um, as you uh, nudge someone closer to death, you channel the power of death to harm someone else as well. So basically, immediately after you've made your sneak attack damage, uh, you can then turn to another creature within a second, uh, sorry, a second target um, within 30 feet of the first creature you killed uh, and roll half the number of sneak attack dice um uh for your for, for your level round it up and the second creature takes that in necrotic damage um which i always think is super helpful because necrotic damage is barely ever resisted except by um, undead usually yeah so ex- unless it's uh, like an undead thing like it's relatively usually un uh, uh resisted and then you know it, it's just action economy like if you're damaging more things and maybe like leaving more things vulnerable that's super helpful um and it gets even better when you get to your level nine ability now this is i feel like the only criticism i'd have of the phantom is it takes a little minute to get into it Mm. um like but once you get to level nine things get really 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 fun so you get tokens of the departed so uh when a life ends in your presence you're able to snatch a token uh from the departing soul uh, a slither of its life essence that takes physical form 
Um, as a reaction, when a creature dies uh, near you within 30 feet, you can open a free hand and cause a little trinket to appear there. This is a soul trinket. Um, and the DM can appear, uh, can basically decide what the how the trinket appears, or you can roll on the trinket table in the player's handbook. Um, but basically, you can use the trinket in a multitude of ways. Um, uh, whilst the soul trinket, whilst basically you have a singular soul trinket, you have advantage on death saving throws and constitution saving throws. Like, it's pretty that's good. insanely it's pretty helpful. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So when you then do uh, sneak attack damage, you can destroy one of your soul trinkets um, that's on your person, and you can immediately use Whales of the Grave without expending a feature. And so I think Whales of the Grave, you can... Use equal to your proficiency bonus. So you can use equal to your proficiency bonus. So uh, with... Um, and your maximum soul trinkets is also equal to your proficiency bonus. So you're effectively... You could use Whales of the Grave at level nine, what, like eight times? Uh, yeah, um, I think so. Because you, your proficiency is plus four. Yeah. So you could effectively use it eight times. So In half your sneak rest. attack damage every single time eight like on eight different like in 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 one a singular combat you yeah. could do so much damage to multiple that means people, you can attack man. the minions and still yeah. hurt the big bad or vice versa and probably like, probably yeah. take out a lot of those minions to be honest like free yeah. up you know free people up again like you, again if you use that strategically you can free up a lot of your friends to be like hey come and attack this big bad with yeah. me do you know what i mean uh for and for no real cost either you know you're just you're burning through these these trinkets but like you know uh you then get them back if you kill someone yeah every time you kill a someone. minion you can get yeah, another you can just yeah. you can just get a get a, a trinket back and so this is the oh, this is honestly one of the dopest features uh i love it so as an action you can destroy one of your soul trinkets no matter where no matter where it is located um when you do so you can ask the spirit associated with the with the trinket one question the spirit answers in a language known to you, and it's under no obligation to be truthful. And the so basically, it's like a speak with dead. Oh what? No, um, it, it answers in a language it knew. It doesn't actually have oh, sorry, to be a language that life. you know. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is sorry, a fun complication. Yeah. Yes, true, very true. But I feel like if you're if you use this um, strategically, uh, if you kind of plan ahead a little bit and and think, okay, what do we need? Because also, how many times do you kill an NPC or a creature and go, God damn, we should have questioned it? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it happens so often, and I feel like this just immediately gives you like a get out of jail. Aha, we could ask them. <laughs> Let's Let bring them make back a and trigger. really hope they're not mad about the whole killing. <laughs> thing. <laughs> we <Yeah>. just killed. <laughs> but I think even because the thing is, even if you do, um, you know, if you've got someone with anywhere near decent insight, you ask them a question. If they straight up just lie or give you a false answer, roll insight, you'll at least know that's not the answer. Mm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're closer than you were. Yeah, yeah, because it says it's no law, it's not under any obligation to be truthful and answers as concisely as possible. And it only knows what it knew in life as determined by the DM. Yeah. And I think the answers as concisely as possible kind of then that's where it throws up for me. Like, well, they're probably gonna be aiming to they're not just like they're not like probably gonna say like no i feel like they it that says to me like they need to answer the question they just don't have to be truthful about it yeah they need to give you an answer so they need to give you an answer they can't just like refuse or say no like do you know what i mean spirit like, <laughs> am i a jerk yeah yes yes <laughs> <laughs> that would be a waste of it yeah, yeah. Of it. yeah. <laughs> i'd like to roll i'd like to roll insight <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did actually see quite a cool homebrew thing where someone suggested splitting that um, feature up um, to basically mean that the, the phantom isn't so like front 
uh, sorry, back heavy in terms of getting to level nine. I think they said like at level six, uh, give the first two soul trinket features uh, and then and then save the kind of like speak with dead element till level nine. Um, so just a potential little thing to throw out there if people feel like, oh, I don't want to wait till like, because if you start at level one, you are waiting a long time before you get into the real meat and, you know, meat yeah. and bones or whatever of the of the class. Which, so you Yeah, definitely... and it seems like the tokens of de- the departed is the coolest thing in this yes. subclass. It's well, I mean, the next one is also pretty cool. That's true. Uh, it is very so cool. This is a very, is very, cool. very cool subclass, honestly. It is so awesome. Uh, and then, so at level 13, you get Ghost Walk. So at Ghost Walk, basically, you get a 10 feet flying speed. Uh, everything has disadvantage on attacks against you, which is nuts. This thing lasts for 10 minutes, by the way. So, like, this is basically infinite in combat. Like, you're not going to, if a combat's gone on for 10 minutes, then. The DM needs, you know, I mean, like you need to speed things up, yo. <laughs> ten minutes—that's a lot of rounds. That's like a like hundred rounds. That's like, hundreds. It's no, it's six. it's ten rounds per. It's ten rounds per minute. So yeah, yeah it would be a hundred rounds. A so, hundred rounds. So yeah, <sighs> nobody. It's, wants it's, that. It lasts a while, uh, and basically, whilst we, whilst you're in this uh, form, you can pass through creatures, objects, uh, difficult terrain, um, uh, and you can. Uh, you can pass them as if they were difficult terrain. Uh, yes. Yeah, so basically, yeah. So you can pass through things as if it was uh, as if they were difficult terrain. So you can basically phase through walls, up and down, uh, through floors, etc. And the only sort of disadvantage is that it's only a ten feet. You're actually hovering ten, uh, like, and you get a ten feet of movement. But again, if you're a rogue, you've got bonus actions, uh, like bonus action dash. So that autom- automatically becomes twenty feet. Again. And you could always walk. Do you know what I mean? Theoretically, yeah. you could always just run through a wall. Yeah. Um, or drop through yeah, the exactly. floor. You- yeah, or let you just drop that through is the floor. So right, exactly. You just yeah, dro- exactly. drop through the floor, hover. No one can hit you if you're in a house. And you just yep. float back up and attack. Like, and attack, yeah. Just literally, it, I think you literally described doing this to your players. Yeah, <laughs> you basically, <laughs> you turn into a specter. It's monstrous. Yeah. <laughs> that, and again, uh, if you, like, I mean, it, you talk about surprise. I mean, geez, you like, you just bump, bump through the floor. of Like, if you know the, the, the one you need to, to get is in the bed uh, above you, just turn into your ghostly form and oh, up what you if go. You, like, you phase the, the weapon into them and then solidify it. And then solidify? <laughs> oh, like, it's I just mean, suddenly it, like a, a it does say It does say... It does say you take 1d10 of force damage if you start your turn inside a creature or an object. So, like, I mean, if you had a generous DM, you know, they might they might let you. I don't know. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth the 1d10. Uh, it's so worth it. Um, just to, like, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like that would be so grim. Because surely the per- the creature would have to take damage as well. Like, I feel like if, if, some, if you materialized or were inside of a yeah, creature. Yeah, well, because you could still attack, right? It, there's yeah, no yeah, yeah, limitations 100%. on attacking. That's what's so yeah. wild. And this is what's crazy. Exactly. Is the fact that di- they have disadvantage on attacks against you. There's literally no drawback to you just doing this before you go into combat. Like, obviously, you can only do this um, once per long uh, rest. Or wait, you can use no. it. You can destroy a you can use soul trinket. trinket. You can trinket. So if you've got, if you've got four trinkets, that's 40 minutes during a day that you could spend minimum like minimum i no, think i think at 13th that. level you might even have five five see. five or six i'm gonna check yeah. real quick so you're you're looking at a seriously 13th level, level your proficiency bonus goes up to plus five plus five so yeah plus five so you could spend 50 minutes in effectively ghost form taking disadvantage disadvantage against all tax against you that's really good it's really good 
and you have a flying speed it's of 10 also feet. so cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. It's so awesome. Uh, and then finally, at 17th level, you get Death's Friend. Um, so when you use your whale, uh, Whales of the Grave, you can now deal necrotic damage to both the first and the second target. Mm. So we were talking about stacking those D6s earlier. Yeah. You get one and a half your sneak attack damage on every hit. And then half your sneak attack damage to a second level, creature. That is, and you round up, so that's going to be yeah. fourteen d six against 14 the first D6 person. Against, <laughs> that is obscene. Obs, and again, you. What's your proficiency at this level? Uh, plus plus six uh, at this level. Six. So then you're going. Okay, so you can use that effectively on most. Uh, you've now got twelve uses of that thing during combat. So every sneak attack you could basically be doing. 14 d6 and then <laughs> and then again uh like what like 9 d6 to a second target yeah. uh 5 d6 5 d6 sorry 5 d6 only to a 5 target. d6 only 5 d6 to a completely second target who you have to be and again <laughs> they it's can't resist feet. that's the thing they and can't again, stop yeah, you from doing it there's no save <laughs> but also the the word the wording of the spell uh, the wording of the whale things very specifically says that it's within 30 feet of the target that yeah. you've hit or that you've that so you you've, can just uh, shoot you've them. Hurt. yeah so you don't you don't have to be within 30 feet so if, as long as the targets are with close to each other at like say the beginning of a round yeah. then <laughs> go for it yeah you're wow. golden you're golden uh, and then basically the last thing is uh, at the end of a long rest, a soul trinket um, instantly appears in your hand if you don't have any soul trinkets. So basically you always start off with at least one soul you trinket per day. You automatically have seven uses of this per day. It's no so... Yeah, yeah. It's it's So this is super broken from a from a like a from like a pure features and damage output like this is a bit of a one-man like tank sort of situation for me like of course hit points and stuff is going to be difficult but like just in terms of hitting this thing if you are in any way like in an urban setting hitting this thing is going to be so freaking difficult it is going to bamf out of the wall have probably have advantage to hit the target do sneak attack then go bamf back into the wall using its dash action like it's just and then when it kills you it's going to bring you back and ask you a question about how you solve the riddle that you left or behind. exploit your soul to use to make cause whales <laughs> of the death to hurt your friends yeah yeah oh and that's also the thing it's not like a oh, hold on let me just double check this while you're looking that up, I just want to say this is actually for those of you who listen to our Wagadu stream, which you should if you're not. You should just go listen to it. Go listen mm, to it right now. Mm, yeah. After this, mm. that is the subclass of Rogue that Rafa Lou Wilson's character was. Oh, very cool. Yes. Uh, just to clarify as well, Whales from the Grave requires no action. Yeah. So you're doing that, you know, you just you're spamming that. Yeah. You just spamming it. It's it's just so effective. It's so effective, guys. Um, but yeah, and then I just wanted to point out that I just think it's a really, really cool roleplay class as well. Like, I think that um, I really wanted to Rafa. combine this. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, th I would love to combine this with the Reborn, the UA. I think it would be, you would effectively, like the idea that I would go with is you literally come back as a ghost with like a physical form, like some sort of physical form. Um, or like you're a ghost who's bamfed into a body. Mm -hmm. um, the only you're thing that kind of doubles up. Yeah, basically. And uh, the only thing that kind of doubles up is the fact that you get advantage on death saves uh, like twice. Mm. But, you know, I think if you talk to your DM, there's probably a, you know, something that you could do, you know, as a as an option. But I mean, you've got more than you'd have more than enough features. But that combo as well would mean that 
with Whispers of the Dead, you could give yourself a proficiency and then Bardic Inspiration. Yeah. So effectively, in something that you have no proficiency in, you could suddenly gain your proficiency modifier, say a plus three, plus a d6. In something that you are literally not trained in at all. Yep. And that's from third level. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my subclass. That's really, really good. Really Do we want to talk about some RP options real quick? I know we've been yes, talking let's for a cover while. some. Yeah, we've been talking for a while, but let's talk about some quick RP options, and then uh, I think we're gonna at some point do some builds of these. Mm. Uh, so uh, do let us know, do some comments uh, if there's any particular things uh, that you would like to see uh, a build of, and then maybe we'll see if we can even arrange like a little mini scenarios that we could run uh, to sort of test drive them, uh, if you will, because I think that would be quite fun for people. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some some role play quick before we wrap up this episode. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to start by saying typically the reason I didn't want to play rogues initially is because everybody always plays them as super dark. My my backstory is so tragic and my parents died and my soul is filled with darkness and I have no friends and I just want to be alone. Like, that's what everybody... You do it so does. well, Jeremy. That voice is so perfect for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This will be my next character. Very intense. I have no happiness, no mirth, no joy. Wow. I actually I actually designed... I I'm, I'm actually may say, share this. She's not a rogue, but she was meant to be kind of a parody of this style of character. Uh, a char- she was a ranger, but her name is Lily Jackcorn. And she is a Leonin who got shrunk into a tiny little cat person and like a really adorable kitty. And where she comes from, like she comes from a different plane of existence and where she comes from for her people, like the color pink is like a frightening color and like yellow, like she killed this. I forget. I think I called it a Jack corn. It's like a combination of a Jackalope, which is an American cryptid, which basically had a rabbit with antlers and then uh, a, a unicorn so instead of antlers the bunny has a unicorn horn but the idea is like it's this gigantic bunny with this gigantic predatory rabbit with a unicorn horn and she <laughs> killed one and wore its hide as like a sign of power so she's wearing this bright pink and yellow hide with this beautiful horn she has like this rainbow colored uh i think she's a rainbow colored bow uh she wears like pink blush to like enhance her fearsomeness so basically like this absurdly cute little chibi chibi um leonin uh who who is also incredibly edgelordy and does not see anything (laughs) she's doing as cute but i really i'm not usually a fan of edgelordy characters but this class can lend itself to that even though the inspiration again was bilbo backens who is the opposite of a dark and merciless character Um, yeah, I think I think that you raise a good point because I think that um, there's so much more that you can have with uh, with uh, an assassin. Like I think I remember when I think I came up with my uh, first character, uh, which was a rogue, and we, I played in your game, uh, Lamora Canthus. Like I think that there was probably a bit like of me being like he's a little edge lordy, but like he's just super chaotic. Uh, he was a swashbuckling rogue and was just like. <laughs> I'm here to have like this is yeah. hilarious and you this had so fun friends. you were a he, yes. Lamore was yes. a nice person who got along yes. with people <laughs> absolutely he had a girlfriend absolutely. that he is... wanted to get back to <laughs> yes exactly this is this is also the thing that confuses me about the way people play rogues a lot of the time is like they're super high charisma most of the time most people build rogues with high charisma and I'm like you don't have to uh like 
you don't just have to use the charisma score to give you good deception. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could use the charisma to just be like, hey, I get along well with people. Maybe throw in a couple persuasion rolls instead of deception yeah. rolls, you know? You don't have to lie about everything. Yeah. <laughs> he says, who, Mooty, uh, the guy who plays Mooty, who literally <laughs> lies through his teeth all about the time. <laughs> literally about I everything. I really cute, because then nobody's like, nobody's... You know, no one's aware when they suspects a thing. Yeah, suspects a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I just play them really adorable. That's all I do, and 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 really sweet. And then sneak attack. I like this idea. Yeah, <laughs> super mm. cute, and then stab them in the neck. That's that's honestly the the. Um... Uh, I have actually made uh, a, a character like this, uh, but it's for a uh, for a different show. So keep a lookout. Uh, you'll be able to see this um, uh, somewhere very soon, hopefully. Uh, but that was exactly the the idea behind my Furbolg um, Rogue uh, Mastermind that I made, was just the idea of using uh, perceptions against people and being like, oh, you think Furbolgs are so cute and cuddly? Okay, cool. I'm going to use this to my advantage. And then when you're turning around, I'm like, ha-ha. Uh, and also, I think... We have a perception of people who uh, who kill people, obviously, um, in fantasy terms, as being like incredibly like dark and broody or whatever. But like, if you're an assassin, you're kind of used yeah, to it. Yeah, it's a job. So it's like, like, it's just job. your job. Go like, file your taxes the guy from Rick at and some Morty? point, like. Yeah. Crombopulous, Crombopulous Michael or something? Yeah. Yes, 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 Where yes. Where he's just, yeah. oh boy, here I go killing again. I just love <laughs> killing. Just like this really Basically, affable mass murderer. <laughs> Scout Master Denny, but as a rogue. <laughs> oh no! This incredibly craven person who craven <laughs> this craven man, uh, craven the hunter. Speaking of craven, <laughs> any Spider-Man fans out there? Craven the hunter yeah. could actually be—he'd probably be a ranger, but you could do him as a as a scout rogue. Uh, For sure. But yeah, sure. like I think I think it would be really yeah. I like that idea, Jasper, playing like a, a nice person who's just capable of doing you know, intense stuff. Or if you really want to go, steer away from the, the combat focus of most rogue subclasses, you could build somebody with low decks, but really high mental abilities. So like really mm. high charisma and wisdom and, and intelligence so that you're talking your way through situations. And then once you get in a fight, you're like, um, okay, I'm going to hide. <laughs> well, you could even go then just like full support class, basically yeah, run in, a rogue in, in combat. And, and, um, you know, if you went for a mastermind, for instance, you get the uh, you get a use um, the help action as a bonus action. So there's a bunch that of stuff that you perfectly. could do. You're the person pulling the strings yeah. while you're running pulling up to the, the front lines. You just tell you tell people what, what to, to do. do. Yeah, like that's it's like the full you know it's a Sherlock Holmesy type you know yeah. deal. Just just point Watson or tell them where even. to go. Yeah, yeah, or Moriarty. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I definitely think there's options there. I'm trying to think as well if there's. <laughs> I'm trying to think how how to justify just. Um, because I also think there's definitely a version of this where you could play like the hapless swashbuckler or something. I feel like I would really enjoy that of just like someone who just fully doesn't intend to yeah. to kill people. But like if you said like had like a, a, a like a halfling and you built Lucky as a part of their like personality, <laughs> so like effectively like, like Buster like, Keaton. Oh, oh, I don't mean to you know they like yeah they do like the forward roll and accidentally loose a dagger directly in between the eyes of the monster that's attacking. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I just feel like, like that Mr. would be Magoo. really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> just pull up Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean is the yeah, phantom rogue. Mr. Bean, literally, as <laughs> a phantom rogue. Or assassin rogue. <laughs> just does so much damage in the round. And just like, oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> now I'm become Bean Destroyer of Worlds. <laughs> <laughs>
I am Bean. <laughs> Unati, you play. Do you, you you were mentioning that you really like the Tiefling combo yeah. with the Rogue mm. when you play when you play tieflings are your tieflings you do they usually follow that cute model oh no that's when i'm going straight like edgelord like oh, <laughs> we're okay. going in and then we're like multi-classing into a fighter as well mm. like i just want the classic all, yeah, yeah just want all the damage <laughs> just want everything um which which can be fun honestly it's setting dependent so like i do like a tiefling mm. rogue fighter in a very like military based society so, like, I kind of need an edgelord, otherwise I'm going to die. <laughs> like, I'm not going to make it if, like... I mean, I, I don't necessarily play them, like, super dark and brooding with no friends and no and can't make friends and, like, alienating. I obviously will make friends with people and try to form connections. Um, but, like, I just need them to be, like, absolute machines. Um, uh, total machines. And then, because they're tieflings and they stick out like a sore thumb, they're going to be a little brood. And they've got a cat usually. Yep. I've got a thing for yep. cats and tieflings. Clearly, <laughs> always, always cats. There's always a always cat. Cats. <laughs> there's an unsettling number of of jewel encrusted. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're taxidermied cats, but they're suspiciously <laughs> but they lifelike in shape. This is getting ridiculous. Yeah, but still, yeah. and super in, still. In, and we, I've never been to any of the places Unati owns to live. But whenever we do these, which is Zoom surprising, calls, really, if just on average the amount of things that she owns. Yeah, I, well, at this you point, know, I've started avoiding to have not them <laughs> out yeah. of fear. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, but I can, <laughs> I, in the background, I can see so many, like they're so many. clearly stolen cat sarcophagi. <laughs> from, from yeah like if Yonati ever opens one of those she will be cursed <laughs> ever, forever a, a phantom cat will come out <laughs> yeah. and she will become a real phantom rogue yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that cool. honestly, I think would make Unati yeah, very happy. Yeah, honestly, like. <laughs> Unati, I feel like in in real life, you one of your classes would be a rogue. <laughs> yeah, mm, for sure. Because because of that because of the dichotomy specifically between uh, very cute but vicious. Yeah, a little, mm, 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 just a little yeah. bit. Absolutely. Just a tiny bit. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did actually think of just one more little potential as well, which I think might be. I mean, this could be a whole topic unto itself for us to discuss at some point. But generally, I think morality and how we use like alignment within it. I think. Um, one thing that I often find interesting is when people play like evil characters or even neutral characters and they sort of go about doing like evil acts and I always think like to myself I don't necessarily know how that's if that's how I'd play an, an evil character it would just be I would do the same things and I think I might even try and still probably help people like to further the cause that I'm working towards etc but the way I view that thing yeah. is different yeah. that's the big difference the for reason, me so yeah, therefore I your reasoning exactly and so i take mooty as a perfect example for that and i think you could absolutely apply this to a rogue whereas mooty with his uh, relationship to death doesn't view killing someone as a bad thing mm. like they are passing over to a another plane he's not like all the way kool-aid like the other people in the you know the white <laughs> twins yeah. but like you know the, the but on a level yeah. do you see what yeah, i mean like not on so that check a tamer juice yeah he, he's not, yeah it's yeah, not on the check a tamer juice but at the same time it's not like it's like you know cardinal sin is to take a life yeah. sort of thing yeah and so i think that even changing the the potentially changing just your outlook on what death means to your character if you're a phantom rogue then death is like 
what you do it's everything it's about, yeah. that like makes up you and everything so i don't think that you would necessarily view it as a bad thing you'll be able to talk to them if they're exactly. dead it doesn't like <laughs> i mean it's not like they're going yeah. away anywhere yeah. like they'll still be there i have so, yeah, like, i have a piece of you with me at all times yeah. i yeah. guess so when it, i'm it, looking at morality with rogues i tend to operate on um how self-serving am i like where is my line of ooh, selfishness ooh. as opposed to is this right and wrong um, I yes. kind of go, well, oh, of course I'm going to help you and help the party because it helps me get more gold or whatever the fuck I'm after, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if, when I look at it that way, as opposed to like evil or neutral, I'm just like, how 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 much of, of, of the choices that I make are directly um, in line with, with helping me out and yeah. serving my best so- interests? <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and also like thir- you know, I definitely think there could be a thirst for in, in-, in knowledge and improvement and like sharpening and honing of skills. Like you know, they're a, a skill based class. Like I absolutely think that could be uh, what drives a-, a rogue. You know, there's like there's a lot. I think there's a lot more. I think what we're trying to say is there's a lot more options in terms of like pink- thinking of that like primary focus or primary target when building a rogue and what their kind of like motivations are as opposed to just like i kill people because that's the way i am <laughs> you know because my <laughs> their blood my... runs as dark as my soul <laughs> yeah literally like uh, oh, um no. because someone came along and killed my parents uh like so this now i'll is kill thing... everyone else's parents yeah literally this, is a, this is a genuine thing your parents can be alive like it's kind of refreshing <laughs> when my players come to me and they're like my parents are alive and well and i'm like oh what what a pleasure (laughs) (laughs) like both just two functioning it's kind of a bit like when you meet a friend whose like parents are still together you're like oh this is yes good i like this this is i'm very happy for this (laughs) this is good as opposed to you know so uh yeah it's totally fine it's totally fine to to uh to have um a to come from a nice stable and healthy uh, family Background. home and still, uh, be and still make poor yeah. choices yeah. <laughs> yeah still make poor life choices that's fine um so i hope this has been helpful for some of you folks at home who have been maybe considering playing a rogue uh why don't you tell us what uh class you'd like us to do next and we'll uh do another one uh soon i've really enjoyed actually i we have spoken for a while yeah. uh, i really hope not too not much covered... of this gets cut because there was some good stuff yeah. in there yeah yeah no absolutely not i've we've talked about this for uh, for a while but um you know really enjoyed it giving me some food for thought i'm definitely dipping back into rogues now uh i've been i've been ignoring them for a while because i was like no i want to be a spellcaster me um but Booty um, goes full rogue after this yes <laughs> yeah i'm retraining as rogue entirely rogue um <laughs> just but yeah let us know what you think the rest of the wagadu sessions like... <laughs> i can't believe that's right. how we go okay phantom, oh, rogue, phantom rogue goes to the floor oh, great. okay yeah. Yeah, great, 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 great. hey that could mooty could be a phantom rogue i'm just saying i'm just saying yeah. like, yeah, that would that build does work makes anyway um i hope you've enjoyed it let us know what you want us to, us to do next um and um yeah we should we'll definitely have a think about digging into some more of the subclasses we know we missed some of the subclasses out but we just wanted to focus on the ones that we particularly liked um so if you want to find out more about us or you want to follow us you can do so at tb halflings uh you can also follow me on twitter at uh, jw underscore cartwright uh you where can i follow you on twitter at l u lewis yeah. I think so. I, I do believe that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy is not on Twitter, but I think if we start a strong enough campaign, everyone, uh, Jeremy will eventually succumb to peer pressure and uh, make a Twitter account. So I actually uh, do have get a on Twitter it. account. Just <gasps> no one knows it exists. 
find Jeremy's find Twitter it. account. This is your new task. <laughs> I'm going to go change the name find of my it. Twitter account to make it harder to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't think you can change the app bit. Can you change the app bit? I, I think once that's been made, I don't know if you can change it. pretty annoying if you could so... honestly. <laughs> you can change like, the, how it appears, but like the actual app I may just deactivate like... the Twitter account and start a new one. <laughs> Quickly, go, go now. Go now, Halflings. <laughs> Type in Jacob, J Money. <laughs> J Cobble, cobble, it's buttery time. It's buttery time. Uh, marvelous. And you can also uh, see, yeah, at TB Hufflings is everywhere you can find us on all of our social medias. Um, please uh, also come hang out on our Discord. And if you would like some more TB Hufflings goodness, then you can check out our Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash TB Hufflings. I believe that's about everything. You can even suggest it for Jeremy. Yeah. But I think that's about it for everything this week. I'm wrapping up. And I will see you all next week. So long, Shia Folk. So long, Shia Folk.